guys, it's Rea on Air. I am Rea. Copy hashtag Rea on Air on TV, online, on stage, and certainly everywhere. This is my favorite thing to do, having conversations with people and just really getting to know their story and, of course, getting a bit practical on how they do what they do. With me today, I have a Forbes 30 Under 30 lister all the way from America. If you don't know, we literally have been hosting, right now we're still hosting, the Summit Africa Forbes 30 Under 30. And I thought, you know what? Let me have a conversation with someone that has walked the walk for many years. Um, I can't wait for you to get to know his story. It's absolutely unique. And uh, yeah, this is AJ. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So for those who don't know, um, I know that you run an app called Simplified, right? It's one that you founded. But let's take it back to when you started business. Tell me about that. Mm, it kind of goes back to, damn, when I was 17. And I was not, you know, I think in business you talk a lot about failure or failure equals to learnings. I was not the brightest kid, you know, in my class. So I failed my high school twice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so my dad was like really frustrated actually. And he was like, I just beg you to almost let's just pass the school. And since growing up in India, it's so competitive to get into good schools, like colleges, actually. Yeah. He knew that mm. I wouldn't make the cut. Mm. So his thing was like, if you pass, you get to go to America. Okay. That's how I actually ended up in America. So, so with that goal in mind, then you started to work harder? No, just had to pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, the goal was to pass. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. That was it. So I passed by margins, like barely like making it. Yeah. Um, went, to, went to America and then something similar almost happened. Uh, you know, I never graduated actually. But I was in college for like forever. <laughs> so like undergrad, computer science. Um, so as an engineer, like I've been an engineer, you know. Wow. And I landed in Pennsylvania, mm. a random place that no one goes from international countries, you know. Yeah. And I remember meeting um, just like a new friend. And he was just telling me, um, oh, if you want to be someone, you should go to New York. Mm. So I just... Packed my bags, applied to a college in New York. I got accepted and went to New York. Okay, tell me, is it that easy to just like get into college? It's not easy, but you have to apply. You know, like you have to, it's like simple as apply. I think doing things is where it starts. Okay. Like I don't have a fear of like doing things, you know. Mm. I'm not like, I'm not the type of person who thinks about like, I have to do this thing and I have to do this thing and am I going to do this thing? I just do this. I would just do it. And landing in New York, I think ended up meeting a friend of a friend who just asked me to build a website. And I was like 17-ish, turning 18. And you were in engineering anyway. Anyways. Computer yeah, science. I'm not the best. Coach. Yeah, but you knew something. <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. So I built that website and went back home for the summer break and built a team out of it. Wow. So I think at almost like 18-ish, I started my first company building websites for small businesses. Did that for a while, built over 200 websites. And from there, started another company. And then from there... Um, Before you go there, <laughs> I want you to tell me, um, you said that you were asked to do a website. Yeah. And then you got a team. 
Yeah. And, and tell me about that. I mean, anyone can be asked to do something and because they're good at it, they'll do it. But not everyone is going to think, hey, let me put together a team and <laughs> you know what happened there what was the thing that said to you actually I, I think we can I can do something here I mean when you're like what 17 turning 18 or something gives you like two grand yeah and you just moved to America yeah so that two thousand dollars in your head is going like how many rupees I have yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. local currency yeah that was a lot of money yeah. <laughs> you know even I local, I think two grand for like someone 18. It's still a lot of money, money right? Yeah. I was like, wow, if one person can give me two grand, imagine if there are more people like that. So that was the idea. Um, yeah, that's why I ended up building a team. Where do you think you get your hunger from to see such an opportunity? Um, I'm a traditional answer, of course, but I think my dad. Mm. Growing up in India, India is has been... I think the building block um, of what I've done and who I am. You know, growing up in scarcity mindset, growing up in India, my days was like, you know, something happened to you. Mm. There's no help. There's no social benefits. There's no... You're on your own. own. So you really have no support system but family, right? Mm. So I saw my dad hustle and struggle a lot. And I think seeing him working really hard and um, trying to build his businesses actually kind of gave me that drive to if he can do it then I can do it as yeah. well so you get this opportunity you say to yourself all right I'm putting together a team and you guys are now doing webs <laughs> websites websites yep. so tell me what happened to that business because if there's one thing about this man is I feel like he is the guy that will tell you how many times he has failed so I want to know <laughs> all the failure stories so what happened to that business uh, did really well actually okay. so we built over 200 websites okay and I did everything I think that's where I learned the, the skills of like you know if you build a website and they can upsell something hey can you do ads for me yes we can but no idea how we're gonna do it but we can can you do search engine optimization for us yes we can so I think we learned the yeses learned those new skills but built 200 websites and from that, actually, the company came out of the next company. Mm. Because we were like playing with ideas. We were like, oh, we had a big team. So I'm, I'm like 19 at this point. And your team was how many? Uh, 35 people. Yo, guys. And, <laughs> and I was in school. Yeah. So I was taking night classes, um, evening classes in the US, night shift with remote team, actually. Before remote was remote. Of course, I was in the US, right? Yeah. I was in New York. The team was in India. And then we built an online classifieds company. Wow. Not like buying, selling stuff online. Yes. You know, that has everything, renting, jobs, like classifieds basically. Mm. Since we had the team, we were trying different ideas and this one actually worked. Okay. That company, we used to sell like local ads, you know, like if you had packers and mover services and we would list like every packer mover in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. And they'll pay you the money to be sponsored. Yes. Yep, that's the second one. And then it kind of goes on. Where did you fail? Where did all, you fail? All of these are, it's kind of, like, all of these are failures, right? Because the first one, yeah, I built 200, but I wish I built something that built millions of sites. You know, like it was, it was not able to scale. It was good. I mean, I made the money, but I didn't know what was next. Like, I didn't know. Why do you think that was? Was it because of the age as well? No, I think it was lack of exposure. People always say when you're building something, 
connect with yourself with the right people, mm. especially having mentors. I had none. Mm. So I was like, just knew what I knew. So imagine it's like you're in your own box. Yeah. I thought 200 was like a big deal, but it was nothing. Yeah. So there, I think, wasn't much of like learning and failing. Second one was because that was a bigger business. And I risked my first. Is it the classified one? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I risked my first company to build a second one. Yes. And the second one kind of took off, but I gave up too early. You know, like classifieds take a while, mm -hmm. like there's a marketplace. And I learned from that business that a marketplace needs to sustain at least for five or six years. Yeah. And I didn't have the money to keep going to for keep five going. or six. Susan, why do you say you gave up when you didn't have the money? Is really why. that giving up? Is it giving up? It is. It is failing, actually, brutally failing, because I started something that I had no idea what it was. I mean, I tried to do it, but I could have kept it alive in a very like minimal way. Oh, got it, got it. Like there was a choice that I could have made. Got it. By running it differently, just to manage minimal, the costs. Just keep it. Yeah. Over time, it would have become yeah a lot better. But that was like not big mistakes. I'd say just getting a taste of failure. Yeah. Was it maybe because you're like too ambitious after like this one doing so well, and yeah. you're just like yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were early. I think is just scratching the surface, just testing, testing myself actually. Yeah. A third one is where it really. Which one was the third one? Um, my last company, Rumi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the idea was very natural. You know, I was in college. And I was always living with roommates, mm -hmm. you know, because it's so hard to live by yourself. It's expensive. You have no money. Yeah. So sharing an apartment with two or three people sounds like a simple thing to do. Mm -hmm. And being in a new city, you always feel by you're by yourself. So having that sort of community of people, you know. Yeah. Same boat, same shoes, I think helps. Yeah. And that company uh, was a wild ride. Mm. You know, 10 years of my life went into it and we became one of the fastest growing companies in our category. Yeah. And especially in New York where we were like the company. I mean, we are the company. What, what was Rumi doing or what is Rumi doing? So Rumi helps you find a roommate. Oh. Yeah. So you can basically list yourself as, um, hey, I have a room available. Wow. And I, you can come and rent. So like Airbnb. Do you know what I like about American? Like... <laughs> With all the conversations I've been having, it's like, it's so simple. It's just, you see, there's a challenge here in this country to find a proper roommate or a housemate. But we will just complain about it. I mean, no offense, I love my people. You know, we are quite entrepreneurial to some degree. But, I mean, you guys were struggling and then you said, this is a business. We're struggling. We're struggling. <laughs> and we're struggling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> until you make so much money, you're living alone. But you guys were struggling and that struggle said, hey, let's do something about it. I think it's just the itch because what happens is, I think it's the culture, of course, and it's the desire to do something bigger than yourself. Mm. So I had that desire for sure. That was, that's why I was in America, you know, in the first place, you know. Yeah. I mean, I could have said no to my dad. Yeah. I barely passed. But imagine getting on a plane the first time. Mm -hmm. And the first plane you're getting on is actually <laughs> taking you 
to America. I, I really want to know something. Um, you you shared with me in the car that uh, you know there was a lot of scarcity mindset um, in India where you were, and even when we were together at the conference, and I was just sharing with you that I noticed that with us at the Matsana Entrepreneurs in the WhatsApp groups, we're just like, "Hi, I'm Rayakopi. I do this. I do this. I do this." And the international ones are just like, "Guys, where can we have dinner?" I'm like, Guys. What's going on? You know, where are we getting it wrong? And I noticed that I think that's where the building relationships and with us were just too upfront. Um, I want to talk about like the mindset change that you had to go through from that scarcity mindset, that hunger that says, oh my goodness, I'm desperate to this could work. Okay, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. You know, yeah. the mindset change. I think it was maybe more when I was starting companies. First, I had like this idea is like mine. Yeah. If I tell it, tell you the idea, then you would do it as well, right? Mm. And I think being there for so long kind of made me realize that wow, it's just so big. Yeah. Everything seems just bigger, like opportunity, of mm. course. And there's a notion that things can only get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like the way people behave. Actually, like if you think you have done. I mean, the very first time we're seeing companies that are trillion dollar market cap, yeah. right? Yeah. Apple, Amazon, and whatnot, right? Yeah. 10 years ago, you would have never imagined, mm. never imagined that you can build a company a size of yeah. an economy, right? Yeah. Today, you, you do. Yeah. So you kind of have to start with that mindset of like, something really big, can we go bigger than the biggest thing we ever thought about? Yeah. You know, so that thought process, when you do it again and again and again, when you ask yourself those questions, you start to think really big. And I think that big thinking starts to sort of like kill that scarcity mindset because then it doesn't really matter. Mm. Because there's enough for everyone. And if there's not enough for everyone, there's more coming and there's bigger things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really hard to explain, but the energy is like wild, you know. I think it's exposure. Absolutely. I think it's exposure. I think for a mind to change, I think it's exposure, whether it's through reading or it's yeah. seeing something on TV or oh, talking to someone, but like you just need to be exposed to big. Yeah, yeah. To think that it can happen. And you know, I remember um, when we raised capital, um, I think people would just ask me how big this can be. And you're like scared to say, oh, maybe it's going to be worth $10 million. Then you think that's big. And say, bigger yeah. and you say okay maybe it can be worth a hundred million dollars right and somehow you get like hesitation like hundred million dollars you know such a big number yeah. then you're like bigger okay it can be worth a billion dollars what do you think like are you getting so what the more you start saying it you start to believe it yeah i'm gonna build a billion dollar company yeah and now you think about can we build 10 million dollar company yeah but then that's also small you think like can you build a hundred million dollar company wow so the more you think, you get start to get comfortable with the thought that, yes. I mean, now we think, like me and my partner, yeah. we think, we, we believe actually that we're going to build a hundred million dollar company. Yeah. We just believe that. So we function like that. We work like that. We just think it's just there. And all you have to do, just get there yeah. to achieve it, actually. Wow. Okay. I'm so inspired right now. Um, I wanted to talk about networking. Um, I think I, I wrote on my social media that I 
do not like networking events because they're so exhausting. And I remember when I went to Dubai, I came back with so many business cards. I don't even know those people. I just remember three, four people that I had proper connections with. And, you know, I was showing just now, so with just a lot of us, but on how we've been doing it. Can you share a little bit more on, you know, how you have kind of been successful at networking or your approach generally? I mean, it depends where you are. I think... If you're interacting with, I think especially Americans, maybe that side of the world, people don't like to get to business instantly. Mm -hmm. There's a relationship building phase. Mm -hmm. They're always on a, you know, like how you start and you just ask, hey, how's your day? Mm -hmm. Oh, the weekend is like, hey, how was that game actually? You mm -hmm. kind of talk about it, go into, oh, what, what about the mom that was visiting, uh, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like you spend time just mm -hmm. to, kind of warm up yeah and then you get into okay let's get to business right mm. but not every culture is the same so you can if you if you think of a culture where you have to go direct like hey let's get to business then you get to business so but i think that here because you have a lot of american people like visiting yes i think in those groups uh the way you have to really do it is just just take the route it's like yeah. take your time don't rush into it yeah but i do think when I was starting Rumi, I had no connections. It was the first time raising capital, like literally knew nobody, like mm -hmm. no one. Like I remember the event, um, a cocktail, some pitch event I went to, and I was standing in the corner for like goddamn 20 minutes, just by myself, yeah. just scared, you know? And some guy just saw me and was like, hey, what's up? Like, wow, that's not bad. <laughs> and then you started chatting from there. You're like, okay, not too bad. Well, the first experience, actually. So I had to build connection because I had to raise money. So I ended up meeting close to, damn, I think over, over the years I've met now close to 2,000 plus people. Sure. Yeah. I think I met, uh, I used to take meetings to kind of give back to the community, entrepreneurs, and also ask for advice all the yeah. time. So a lot of people, like school kids, interns, entrepreneurs, wannabepreneurs, would always reach out. Yeah. And I just had to say yes to just pay it forward. Yeah. Or give it back. Um, so I learned from that actually is the relationships that I focused on, if I was meeting just to help someone, then that was a different um, intention. Mm -hmm. But in networking, I think I really, truly really believe you want to build few but really strong, strong connections. Like you can be one or two people can help you with whatever you need, right? And then you can have those two to maybe four, maybe five, because these are relationships that are personal because they're human, you know, they're not transactional. So there's an element of maybe some get to know each other or is it purely business? Maybe it is not business. Maybe we're both struggling entrepreneurs. We have the support of each other, right? Mm. Or maybe there's something that I need to learn from you. So I build some friendly relationships so I can get to that level of asking questions so I can be comfortable. So you can help yeah. me give your time because your time is precious, right? So I'd say pick few, pick good ones and just focus on those for the years to come. Mm. And hopefully that's gonna expand the network. Yeah. And focus on work more than anything, actually. Um. I want us to get, get into simplified, but you said something earlier and I don't know how I'm going to share it on, on, on the cameras now that they're here, but I loved what you said. You said for the first year of business or for a startup, what you don't want to do is to be, you know, going to events and going to network and you want to be 
building the business. Share a little bit more on that. I mean, I think in my last previous companies, I'd say I was making that mistake where, um, you know, I was just doing too many things. You know, building the business. I think you think that if you, it's like almost chicken or the egg. You somehow think if I don't network, I don't know the right people, that means I'm never going to get there, right? The thing is, if you know a lot of people, they're really asking, who are you again? What, have what you are built? you doing? What are you doing? I think your work speaks louder because work is harder. It's actually more challenging to prove that whatever you're building is worth building. And someone out there is willing to use it or give you money yeah. or whatever that is. So that's a much harder part of the problem. Mm. Once you have that part figured out, actually, meeting people is easier. Yeah, because then you have some to sh- something to show. show. Yeah. And people believe in like show and don't tell. Yeah. And they see like, wow, you build this thing actually? Like while everybody was like, just like messing around and just yeah. going to this event and that event and that event. And then, you know, you can't meet 100 people and remember all of them. And, you know, one connection leads to how many coffee chats, mm. how many drinks, mm. how many lunches or breakfasts or dinners. First time. Mm. Now imagine multiply that by 20 people. Time and resources. And yes, you're right. And money is there, right? <laughs> and then imagine you have to do this for, I don't know, you said time, six to eight months. Yeah. Then you get to get something. So I would spend that time in building. And I think once you build and are hyper-focused, I think your work would speak. Yeah. Like everything, like volume, actually. All right. Let's get to Simplified. The app. Now, I know Simplified is for the content creators. I know it is for the marketing business owners as well. Um, Share a little bit more about what Simplified is and who it's for Um, from the owner. Thank you. I think Simplified kind of came, the idea kind of goes back to all of us. I mean, this is content. All of us are either creating content or consuming content. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing that really is essential is stories are so powerful, right? And I think everyone should tell their story. Everyone is telling a story. Oh, I was here at a restaurant. Maybe I was traveling. Maybe I was working. Maybe I like this and I look like this and whatever that I desire something. And I think all that content that's created, liked by someone, can bring opportunities, right? As a business, you need to tell a story. Yes. So you can either sort of get the confidence from your customers yeah. or engage or educate yeah. or even just content to, I mean, so many forms of content. Yeah. But then what stops us from producing content is basically it takes a lot of things, a lot of steps. So you're using multiple apps. One app to maybe design something. Yeah. One app to maybe make a video out of something. Yeah. One app to maybe do text content, like you're writing copy. And edit the photo. Post. Yeah. Editing, resizing, all that stuff. And so I think, and then once you have the content, the next part of the last part is you're publishing it. Mm-hmm. Then you use another tool to go to Facebook, go to Instagram or Pinterest or whatnot. And all these many other ones that are coming many up every ones, day. Yeah. So we wanted to think about like, how can we build not just a platform, but a space? a space where people can come create 
and just unleash the creativity actually yeah. and with people so you can collaborate so imagine I think post pandemic the world looks so different that like I'm here mm -hmm. I never thought I'll be here yeah and we might end up working with people from here mm -hmm. in different capacity yeah. part-time maybe internship maybe full-time maybe project basis yeah so I think the new teams look very different and when it comes to marketing and content creation you have someone designing maybe in your country yes. maybe someone's writing copies some random part of the world yeah then maybe some video happening somewhere else in the world yeah. then you have someone else managing on your team or part-time someone taking care of publishing mm. so all these tools are coming together within one app and particularly I like the fact that it's very collaborative yeah. um, and that speaks to the kind of world that we're now in post uh, the pandemic that you know now we've, we've seen that okay I can work with somebody from India and somebody in Turkey you know and be able to edit and all of these things and collaborate on one app I mean you need to because you know people are working remotely yeah zoom fatigue is real yeah and since you're not in the office and a whiteboard yeah what happens yeah oh you have a concept you have something you go back and forth yeah. email back and forth send files back and forth i think so we want to build a tool from ground up that has collaboration built into it yeah so you can actually create something comment on something mm -hmm. get the feedback back and forth invite all team members so you're not like Oh, my people are living in like five different apps. Yeah. Then you're paying for these things. Yeah. When it's a small business, yeah. paying for five tools yeah. and have five people living in different apps, I think it doesn't make any sense actually. Mm -hmm. So I think we just wanted to just change the game. Yeah. Really, you know, and give people the tools to really create content like more with less. Yeah. And now you you were sharing that you have a whole lot of users from Africa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you want to get more into the African business side. So tell me a little bit more about that. So we started actually opening up, of course, um, organic traffic, you know, Google. And we were getting a lot of searches from, you know, Asia, of course, US, Europe. But then we saw like Africa. And of course, you know, it's growing. Content is growing really fast. And I think we're seeing like Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana, of course, South Africa, you know, Ethiopia, and all sorts of places yeah. and countries. And I'm like, wow, people are really using it. That means I can see that people are telling the stories. Yeah. And we want to be, if they're telling the story, then we want to be here to do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So I think when it comes to content, the biggest challenge that we feel and we think that exists is designing or creating content for local, like localized content. Yeah. Is it language? Is it your region? Is it your country? Is it whatever that looks to you? Mm -hmm. But I think that's not available everywhere. So we want to be in where we are growing in countries, let's say, in within Africa. Yeah. And we can have local people who can help us create content that resonate with them. Yes. You know? And I was actually asking you, I'm like, what's the difference between the design that's created in Botswana? And, I mean, it's just the design. But she said, no. Do you see even how you're dressed? You can tell that this person's from Botswana. This one, I mean, like, right we're here. so different. I mean, yeah. just this jug of water, right? Yeah. Whatever jar. Yeah. You would have this different stuff. People love different types of things even though this is very universal, right? Yes. But usually you might pick something that just speaks to you. Yeah. And it's hard to find, I think, those things. Even though we know the design is becoming very similar whatnot, but yeah. that doesn't mean that you have to not respect the culture. Yeah. And the difference is that's more beautiful, actually, right? Yeah. I mean, imagine you have these 
maybe let's say sweets or desserts in Botswana. Mm-hmm. That's hard to find in some other places, right? Yeah. How do you find that asset? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. So we want to build localized libraries and assets and components and design templates. Yeah. So that a local business or creator or marketer can actually use them to tell a story that mm-hmm. connects with future audiences or existing audiences or customers. And I like that because that speaks to um, just the high unemployment rate that we're currently having here um, in our country. And a lot of young people have phones, yeah. you know, they they will do anything to get data, yeah. you know. And so if you're saying, you know what, I can design something right here from the comfort of my home and be able to earn something uh, from somebody from another country, then that is a great opportunity right there. Yeah, there's a growing business or marketplace just to sell your designs or talent, you know, because mm. you're unique and if people want your design, then they're going to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know what, AJ, you and I could be talking all night because I would have probably asked you my questions a certain way, but I think you just keep on bringing in those gems as you're speaking. Literally, very simple things, very simple things. Um, But that's because also you've walked this journey. Um, But before I let you go, I think, you know, one or two people might be interested in investing and and, or not even investing, but getting an investor in their business. Yeah. Right. Can you share with us, like, what does that, what does it take for your business to be able to be invested by someone else? You know, it depends uh, absolutely country to country and uh, businesses you're working on. But I think something universal that I have seen and I've also experienced and made mistakes, of course, failed as well, is that when people invest, people invest in people, not businesses. It's like, you know, you're betting on the jockey, right? And I think what happens is, in this case, is you kind of have to have this belief that it doesn't matter which business succeeds. But if you have this learning mindset, if you are the entrepreneur for the future, then you would succeed one day, mm. right? So you're kind of betting on those people that have this desire, a couple of traits actually, listening. Mm. I think good investors prefer to invest money in good listeners. Mm. Because that's, of course, teamwork and shareholders and customers and all that good stuff, right? Um, They also like to invest in people who sort of can, I think, deal with difficult situations. It's really hard to tell if they can because they haven't never faced it before, right? Like letting people go, shutting down businesses, changing businesses, opening new businesses, all that... This is a part of business, actually. So how you deal with difficult situations, I think, is very important. So if you have these couple of traits, you kind of become investable, I'd say. You know, you're sought after. And teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah, people, I think, like to invest in good teams. That means your ability to get others to join you on your journey as their journey. Hmm. That is very crucial. Not a, That's not easy. You can do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because if you're too attached to your idea and you're not letting them in, then they see your idea. Why would they care? Yeah. You have to make them feel this is their idea as well. Yeah. So they have to get a piece of it mm-hmm. mentally or ownership or whatever that's, that looks like. 
So for the last two minutes before I lift jigger, because I got lift jigger, I want you to look at that camera. Uh, let us know, you know, where to get the simplified app, the rates and the like, and yeah, your social media handles. Uh, so many. Uh, well, you can get Simplified just on Simplified.com. So S-I-M-P-L-I-F-I-E-D.com. And uh, prices start at 15 bucks per month. Yeah, yeah. I think. And in UND. In USD, USD, guys. <laughs> so that's like 150 pila. Oh, wow. But yeah. you know what? We do have a free plan. Like, yeah, yeah. like completely free forever. And you yeah. can use it without a dollar. Yeah. So I would highly suggest using it. Uh, if you're a student, actually, reach out to me. Uh, happy to give you a free account. Nonprofit, free account. Uh, minority, especially women-run businesses, free account as well. Mm. So mostly it's going to be if you are in those categories, definitely reach out to me and I think we can do a free account. And you can find me on LinkedIn um, or Twitter. Um, my handle would be Y-A-D-A-V-A-J-A-Y. Did you say you're hiring? Why are you not telling my people that you're hiring? Oh, yes, and we're hiring. <laughs> Tell my people that you're hiring. Who are you hiring? Yeah, hiring. Put so my people are, on. So we are hiring for designers. If you're a graphic designer, definitely reach out to me. Um, if you're a content creator, uh, reach out to us. Or influencer, mm. definitely reach out. We have um, a lot of things in the pipeline. Would love to grow um, our platform in Africa. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, AJ. Thank you. I know it's very busy, but you, you know, what you valued um, just what I am bringing here, and you made time to come. So I really want to say thank you. Appreciate it. Hashtag #realebuch. I have hashtags. I yeah. <laughs> love the hashtag. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> all right. There you have it, Mr. AJ, sharing all the bombs and gems. I was just like constantly and. Inspired. I think if you notice, sometimes I'll just get so quiet because I'm just like, wow, this is so good. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, for watching. I am hashtag Ray on air on TV, online, on stage, and certainly everywhere.